Superkicks.com offers cool streetwear and apparel at great prices. Shipping worldwide, thanks to the guys at Superkicks, you can get 10% off your order by using the code SWN at the checkout. That's Superkicks.com, pro wrestling apparel. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN Podcast. I am your host, Billy, as always, and I am joined this edition uh, by the owner of Pro 2 Championship Wrestling, uh, one half of Rage and Storm, Logan Storm. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you on board. Uh, so, primarily, we're going to speak about Pro 2 Championship Wrestling, but you have a bit of a wrestling career beforehand, so you're not escaping the first question we ask everyone the most boring question in an interview for a wrestler but it's the one we have to go with is how did you get into pro wrestling what got you i was you mark i'm joking no (laughs) (laughs) um so basically as a fan growing up watching world of sport on saturday morning television things like that watching um johnny saint steve gray big daddy giant haystacks fit finley uh, to name a few names um it was always interesting to see and then I think it was probably early, early 90s. One of my guy, and they showed me wrestling, as they called it, wrestling. And I had never seen anything like that in my entire life. And I thought, I like this. So we started watching it. Of course, it's the Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Million Dollar Man, Jake Snake Roberts, Rick Wood, that sort of era. Um, coming in through watching that. And then you get to that age where you, you kind of fall away. Like There's always that age group where they oh, it's, it's no real, it's fake, it's this, it's that, it's everything. Like you try these seven hours of training on a Sunday, getting hammered, and then somebody tells you on the Monday that it's fake, and you go, no, it's, it's clearly no, it's really no. <laughs> so, like, so we started, like, obviously fall away at 14, 15, and then I think it was about 19, well, I was about 18 maybe, and I watched a match. I was over at a friend's house, and it was the middle of an owl snow and hardcore holly straddled top rope with a frying pan each, just hitting each now on the top of the head. You could hear the, <laughs> the metal bouncing off the skull and oh my, my, I'd never seen anything like it. But the thing that actually got me hooked was GR uh, and he was getting it the whole, oh my God, he hit him in the face with the T-file. You'd hear the Teflon hitting off the skull there. My God, slobber knocker. Oh my God. This is amazing. Started watching it. Next minute, I've got Stone Cold Steve Austin hitting the ring, Triple H, The Rock. Amazing. Just And then just been a fan since that. Then, uh, British Championship Wrestling came to my home village of Drongan to do a show. And the lady that helped bring it there, Rosalie McCluskey, she was kind of, her boys were daft, you know, Liam and Sean, absolutely daft going wrestling. Go to all the shows, all the, all the WWE stuff and things like that. And um, she got in contact with him and asked him if he'd come and do a show for the kids and things. So we did. And then I asked her, how well do you know them? And she's like, I don't know, pretty well. I was like, do you think you could find out how I go about becoming a wrestler? And she was like, yeah. But at the time, I was like 21 stone, totally not a let out of shape. I mean, the last thing I ran for was the ice cream van. Never mind like running so many miles to try and get the old cardio up. Um, and she got me in and I turned up on my first day of training with Drew Galloway. Uh, the next time I turned up at training, it was with Lionheart. 
Uh, and then after that, I just kind of turned up myself, going along and going along, travelled back and forward with numerous guys, Rob Cage, Andy Wilde, uh, Noam Da, lots of names. Um, these are the guys that we keep travelling about, and, and uh, of course, we knit with. Um, and then obviously met TJ at training. And TJ was roughly the same size, same build, like big, big guys. And um, the trainer at the time, he was like, these guys should be tag team together. And it was really good because... We, we just, like, we kind of completed each now. Like, I've said this before in other interviews, like, TJ is, like, he's technically gifted. He's a big guy and he can brawl with everybody, but he doesn't need to brawl. He could go technical with MD, like, get a bit of chain, catch his catch can. Amazing, phenomenal talent. Uh, and I was privileged to be, what, his sidekick, shall we say. Uh, he was the Batman and I was the Robin, unfortunately. <laughs> I always think it's himself has been Batman, but it didn't work out that way. Um, and we started on shows. I think the we were fighting. It was Kenzo and Danny McLean. They were known as RTA, and that was road traffic accident. And they get their name from an actual road traffic accident that happened on the way to a show. So that's why they got their name. <laughs> and then we wrestled them around about doing a lot of trainee shows. I can't remember those things like. And then uh, I think the first big big match we ever did was, and I'm sure it was Paisley. And it was against the original Fight Club, just Jimmy James and Kid Fight. And I got a scheme booting. I had never had a man pick me up and throw me about. Like, like me, he's the biggest guy you've seen. Very few people picked us up and threw us about. And Judge Jimmy James just flung me about an empty shell set. Uh, even the German suplex with me. I had never done a German before. And I absolutely packed my chance and dove to the because he couldn't get me right over his hips. Thank God, like... I mean, I would have landed badly for that, I think, but um, re- really good guys to wrestle and learn off it. Uh, just amazing talent out there. Um, who else is it? Cameron Craze was another guy that I got a chance for PBW to wrestle on a singles debut. I never did singles. I never ever wanted to be a singles uh, wrestler. It was always tagged for me. I wanted to be Legion of Doom. TJ likes to be the Heart Foundation, unfortunately. I, I'm all right being the Jim Knight. You know, I fit that bill. Um, but always a huge Legion of Doom fan, so always tag team wrestling was always my thing. Um, and then on, it's just progressed on. We won uh, British School of Wrestling Tag Championship belts. Yeah. Um, I retired with them, obviously, due to having bad hips. Um, while I got my new hips put in, I suffered a stroke on the table. So, And since then, I've had another two strokes. So occasionally you'll see me dribbling a wee bit of the old side of the mouth. Don't eat soup in public, as they say. Um, but I'm, 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 I'm all right, I'm fine. Things like that. I still my mobility, I still moving about things like that. But as it comes to in ring active wrestling, it's an absolute no. Although I will always say I have got one more match left in me, and it has to be in the Grand Hall, and it has to be for BCW, and it has to be with TJ. And I don't care, supposing I just stand in the outside of the, the ropes and just cheer them on. That's, that's my last match. Um, That'll go in me as I say, maybe get in the ring, maybe do a wee bit. I still, I still do a wee bit back and forward. I don't wrestle as such, but I still do a wee bit. I still keep active in the back training and things. Just go for the uh, the Legion of Doom, no bumps. I'll do the moves, yeah. kind of thing. That's, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so go right back to the start. Then uh, you said twenty-one stone. I mean, I'm sitting here eighteen, and I feel like a bit of a lump. So I'm, 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 I can't imagine. I think I'm, I'm possibly the same. Last time I ran was for ice cream. Um, so what was it? Did you have a bit of a sporting background? Did you do a bit of rugby, football, anything like that before you started training? 
I never really did any sports at all. Um, I don't particularly like much to do with sports and things. Like I did follow football um, for a long, long while, um, watching famous Glasgow Rangers. You know, I won't go into it too much, but we used to go and follow them a bit. Uh, I'm not really sporty at all in the slightest, although I do enjoy going to the gym, I do enjoy powerlifting, I do enjoy that sort of aspect of thing. Um, although I'm, I'm not really in for anything that involves running at a fast pace is not my cup of tea. Uh, so what was it like that first, I mean, obviously a little bit, a, a while ago, but what was it like, what were your memories of your first training session? And I don't know whether when you were training, if it was just the mats or if it was a ring, what was it like your first couple of weeks it was mats all our training was mats it wasn't a, we didn't get a ring until pbw and bcw formed the uh, scottish pro wrestling academy and um, before then i'm sure it was i can't remember the name of the sports center in east Kilbride that we went to it's terrible i'm sure it's john is it john wright center or something like that. something along those lines anyway um and there and it was the blue mats and if you wanted extra pad, you could just put another hard blue mat on top of a blue mat on the floor, um, which had no give, zero give. Um, and we trained in there. And uh, first, a first bump, I thought, my God, is this what it's going to be like? This this really what I like to be doing. But in the first sessions, it's all about your roles and technique. It's all forward rolls, shoulder rolls, backward rolls. You know, the only rolls I was looking for was like a bacon roll, a rolling oh, yeah. slip. You know. Um, but back then, and that was oh, wow. And then, of course, having the aspect of Drew being here at my first one, um, I got a chance to speak to my trainer Colin at the time. Uh, and I was, I was talking back and forth with him. He was like, Yeah, well, if you keep coming, you know, things will pick up. I was like, Okay, because I, like, I was looking for like ideas and things like that. And um, obviously, brand new to the game, the guys spoke definitely for me, and I'm older. The guy, I was nearly almost, I was the, I was older than the trainers. <laughs> so, so it was like, here's a man and amongst like all these young boys. I mean, Noam was 14 when he was training with me. I would be, I would be 26, maybe 27. Um, so like, and it's like, they're the young guys that are coming on the roadway. So me, with my past history of being a, a youth group leader, and like a scout leader and things like that. So you're kind of duty-bound. Oh, you might not be involved in organisations anymore, but you're still duty-bound to make sure that kids are kids and kids are okay. That sort of thing, which is part and package why I kind of, if you kind of see somebody, you see, oh, he's on my lane, give him a break. But you've got to understand that there's a discipline involved in the wrestling as well. It's it's not for everybody. Come and try it, absolutely. But you've all learned quick whether it's for you or for no. After your first couple of months, you never know see guys again. Or you've got guys that'll come back in and out. They'll fleet in and out because they, they, they've got to be something, but they just haven't quite got the full package. They just don't want that drive to do it. They want to be a wrestler, but they don't want to do the work and effort to put in. Mm. Yeah, I think I was speaking to, to Krieger, an episode that's not released yet, but uh, at, the, at the time of recording, and he was saying that you can tell as soon as someone takes their first bump, if it's yeah. for them. And yeah. I, I haven't, I've never taken a bump, but I can already, my brain's already going, no. <laughs> it's yeah. not for you <laughs> that's fine yeah. I'm, I'm always curious what it would be like but my body is just always telling me no you don't just it's fine just do do this instead it's safer yeah uh generally uh so um, you always want to be a tag team guy so it was it was your first match tag team do you say first match was tag team yeah uh so what was it like again it not only 
first match in front of a crowd. Uh, but what was it like run the ropes for the first time then? Because I'm assuming it was pretty close by between run the ropes and your first match. Yeah, well, um, on show days and things, you would always get there's all the chance to train on show days. So you'd always get a chance to get some time and some ring time. Um, gone are the days where you run up and go, boing, as if you're letting that invisible rope running back, you know, it's <laughs> that bit was all gone. So when you get into the ropes and you hit those ropes the first couple of times, you end up getting the mark going along your back and that's when you hit it right. And you go, oh, wow. Because you assume, you just assume that everything's got padding and everything's soft and the guys make it look so effortless on TV. And then you date yourself and you go, my God, that's rope that's in that and it's electrical tape that's wrapped around it. It's got zero give. And then you got your places. Yeah. You got your yeah. places that just use wire. Exactly, but and normally if they've got the, uh, if it's the cables and that, they've got like it's like a, a kind of insulating cord that goes over the top of it, and even then the cords only get so much given it hits into you. Um, it's pretty bad, like. But at the same token, as you know, you're hitting the ropes, you know you're doing it, and if you hit it wrong, you hit it in the ribs, you know you're not going to make that mistake again. So it's kind of like a trial by fire, and you can just start running the ropes. And then um, I think it was Kid Fight, and he kind of slid underneath the bottom rope and did this weekly jog thing, and then bounced after other ropes and started crisscrossing at the same time. And all sorts is going through your mind when nobody's actually ran a crisscross in the rope. Wiggy, like for the first time, you go, "Oh, he's going to hit me!" Oh, and then you shy away. And there's a reason why he did it. It's just to get you to no shy away. You're hitting that rope. That's the only thing you're concentrating on. You hit that rope. And then it would be. Then for a fall, you need to leap him, and then he would slide under, and he would sleep, and then you would leap him, and the next minute you've learned a whole a whole set, whole segment that you didn't even realise you're doing, but all you're doing is running a rope. You know, it was interesting yeah. ways. Absolutely, and I suppose the worst thing you can do as a wrestler is flinch. Yep. So, I mean, that just either kills the credibility of the move or makes you look like a a bit stupid at the same time <laughs> unless yeah. it's part of, a, of an actual spot itself um, yeah. so I, I, I trusted the Germans to give me some information a, a cage match I've just started calling them the Germans but um, a, a cage match for, for some of your, your match history they didn't have a lot I'll be honest uh, so I know I, I was uh, I've as well lots of matches that's not on there but uh, I was picking out ones. You seem to have quite a, a rivalry, of course, the original Fight Club. Uh, but one that caught my eye was was uh, a couple back and forth matches with with uh, Britain's Most Wanted. Uh, of course, Damien O'Connor and Scott Rennick. Who, well, Damien O'Connor, people will more likely know now as Killian Dean. Um, yeah, yeah, but Killian Dean's dating my key fab sister, <laughs> Nikki Storm right. and Logan Storm. So we did a charity. It was a young girl, I think she had uh, either learned difficulties or um, kind of maybe downs or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but I'm sure her name was Marie or Mary, um, and we did a charity show for her. And I'm sure it was at Larbert, and we were fighting them, and then we were all talking backstage, and I was like, I, I, well, you're, Nick, you're Nicky Storm and I'm Logan Storm. I said, I'm going to say that you're like you're dating him and I don't like him dating my sister so then this whole like kayfabe sister thing kind of kicked off from there and I remember at one point grabbing Nikki and spanking her then so we're doing and then I had like Damien over and spanking him and I just remember the butcher got me do me do me <laughs> spanked the whole lot of them in the match yep aye 
Oh, that was good fun. I remember that. And uh, SSW, we were scheduled to fight BMW for the titles. And Damien wasn't at the show, but uh, Butcher was. Scotty the Butcher. Love a forearm from Scotty. I mean, your jawline just moves, your teeth all get loose. You get that tingle in the boat with your soles of your feet, and you go, yeah, I've just been forearmed right in the face. And like your forearm, but me and him used to really just lay them in. You loved it. It was brilliant, like... Like we, when we give a forearm, you, you don't need to react to it, you're naturally reacting to it. Amazing. And uh, we turned the belts off of Scotty, and I'm sure it was one of the team star boys from Scottish School of Wrestling. I want to say it was Dynamite, they gave him a Dynamite kind of gig. Um, I can't remember his name now. I'm terrible. Names is really bad. It'll come to me like four hours from now and I'll phone you. <laughs> I know so we'll, we'll start wrapping up and you'll be going him it's him uh, so yeah that, that was one match that kind of it, it just struck out me because of course uh, Damien's went on to, to be Killian Dane in WWE and, and Scott Rennick of course uh, uh, very much a beloved name in general in Scottish wrestling uh, until he until he, uh, until he retired but like you say there's, yep. there's always one more there's always one more uh, perhaps that we may see uh, the butcher back in the ring. Um, so you said that that you were the SSW tag team champions, but then you had to relinquish them because of was that due to your injury at the time, or or you couldn't defend them at the time? What what was the lead up to your um, yeah. retirement? Uh, with all titles, there's a thirty day no compete clause. So uh, if you don't defend your titles in thirty days, the, the promotions can strip you of your belt. Uh, I had been attending SSW shows and at that time I had stopped training foolishly and I was pretty safe for the house, I was trying to make it as a wrestler, I was trying to do every not once but not really focusing on like you, know, you go to training, you need to start training in order to, like I was near polished stone by no manner of means, I was never going to be a polished stone but I had enough to get me by but I could have been so much better had I listened to my trainers and stuck at the training. Um, TJ was going that way I was going that way TJ was getting booked on PBW and BCW I was getting booked on SSW on same nights so it was kind of harder and harder and harder to get his diary and my diary to match up um, and then Murray phoned me and he's like I need to strip you the titles I was like well I haven't, bought, haven't lost them so like you can strip us with them if you want says, but if we have a father return like so I'm coming for the belts. And like, that's fine. And uh, <laughs> it was actually a TNA show. TJ was in security area for them. And uh, that's where I got TJ's belt back off of TJ to give it to Murray at the next show, um, which I then actually didn't actually hand over the belts. What I did was attain a bit of electrical tape and put a big X up the middle of it and called myself the first ever SSW Extreme Champion. Murray liked the idea and we went it for two months <laughs> so there was no tag division the tag division stopped at Raging Storm <laughs> so it did um, so, so yeah so, and, so what was it like finally having to, to possibly step away for, for a while was, was, was that an injury that happened to the ring was it just accumulation of injuries um, I was born by, with major hip infringement and although I'm an 80s child so back then it was you can walk Mrs Finley what more do you need and that was it. So I didn't know this, but like when at training and things like that, TJ would be stretching me, doing stretches in my legs, because I could, I could never do a figure four. 
I could I could do the British one, but I can't do like the Ric Flair style. I can't do it. I can't get my legs underneath myself. He used to think it was just because I was out of shape, too big, you know, and he was trying to like stretch the ligaments and muscles and try to get the, the whole thing all going. And he's a PT instructor, you know, he's got all this background. And I was like, this is just really, really aching. And then uh, it was getting to the point where um, after a show, the time I got home, I was in so much pain, but it was always in my knees, never in my hips. And I couldn't feel the pain. So I was like drinking heavily. I was taking pain relief. And then it was getting to the point where I was coming straight after the show and into the car. I was drinking the lager. I was drinking vodka and painkillers. And then it would get to the point where I was painkillers before the match, um, having a fly hip flask, having a drink, just anything to try and numb the pain, anything at all. It was just the pain in my knees was just getting worse and worse and worse. And then we went to the wife, which was my wife at the time. Feeling say turned around and said, Like, you need to go and see about this because you're you're done. Went and seen the doctor, he kind of palmed me off a wee bit, sent me to physio. Physios couldn't find nothing wrong with my knees. Went back to the doctors, the doctor sent me for an x ray of the whole lower part of my body, and then they sent me for an MRI. And they found out that my ball and my socket joint in my hip was like that, and so like that instead of being like that. So it should have a bit of room to move, it wasn't it? It was like that. So, me, my ankles, and my lower back all move out of alignment in order to give the illusion that I bend over. So in wrestling, there's a lot of bending over and a lot of bumps and stuff like that. So what I was doing was I was wearing it um, vertebrae on my back. I was wearing out my knees and wearing out my ankles. So my ankles are cracking and stuff. So my knees, just old age, I think. But <laughs> the wrestling surely didn't help. Um, so from there, um, they turned around and they told my wife, um, right, here's, here's the plan. He either sticks on the road and does the wrestling. And in six years' time, we give him a wheelchair. Or he finishes up this year and we send him for surgery and we give him new hips, to which he'll never be able to wrestle again. And I was miffed because at that time I was starting to take off. I had the Mohawk. I was getting bookings. I was getting booked out in Germany. Like things were starting to happen and I was going, this is it. This is, I could really actually make a real proper go of this because Rob Cage was saying, make sure you come out with me, come and do this, come and do that. Let's, let's go, let's go. And then my body was like, nah, can't do it. So, 2000 and April 2011, I wrestled my last match at SSW against Nathan Reynolds, the one to watch. We turned up late and then finished the match, hitting me in the head with a can of iron brew. But he turned up late because of work duties, because like everybody else in the independent scene, we all have real jobs and we all have duties of uh, care to do before we can actually get to things. So he turned up late and you were supposed to be, I'm sure we were meant to be first half main event and we didn't get that. So I went out on the mic to stall for time during the break. He eventually turned up, arrived in, issued the challenge and I was like, I just went, I could, went onto the ring to start saying, like, I'm sorry guys, duty issues, I'll not be able to wrestle anymore, blah, blah, blah. He came out, cut me short, so me and him had a wrestle in a match and finished me off with a can I am uh, and that was me till I got my hips done. And then I got my hips done in 2000. And I want to say it was the June 2012, because I should have got them done in 2011, but they, they restricted me and moved me further because they were still waiting to see what damage has been done, like a period of time between stopping wrestling and moving on to see if he stops wrestling totally, well, we need to do the surgery. If no, decided that I still need the surgery, got the surgery done. And then that was pretty much me, snooker, um, bitter. Uh, tired and disgruntled, unhappy, hating life. I uh, didn't know. You know, I, went, I remember looking through my phone and just deleting everybody's phone number. 
don't need that, don't need that. I'm never going to speak to promoter again. I'm never going to speak to them again. What they need me for? They need me in wrestling. Blah 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 blah. Big big chip in my shoulder. Absolutely hated the world. Nightmare. <laughs> so it was nightmare. But I would have done it again, and and then I did get back in the ring. <laughs> I mean, I suppose a big picture as well. I mean, uh, even if you're you're getting opportunities and that, like you say, you still got a real you still got a, a real job. You still got a. a a job that pays the bills, so that would have to take priority at least a little bit before, unless you're you're signing with the with the big boys and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it was definitely, uh, I'm sure it was definitely a hard decision, like you say, it was it made you bitter. Um, but for for your own health and well being, at least you're not in a wheelchair now, so it's it's yep. kind of weighing it up uh, nowadays. Almost. almost. <laughs> um, so. How did you get onto Pro Two then? So I, I know the story that, that uh, it was. I think it was yourself and Rob Cage, wasn't it? You decided to do a committee. You were thinking of doing a committee-based uh, company. Uh, was that uh, just before you're, you're starting to take off? Uh, whenabouts was this kind of conceived in your mind? Um, originally, this was thought about in two thousand and nine. So it was, and we sat on it, and we sat on it for a wee while. And then we kind of looked at it like because we had the committee based set up. I don't mention names because some of them's only their things, but we had a, a, a committee based set up that we were going to be able to um, basically sit down at a table and all agree on this guy, that guy, this female, you know, this team, this whatever. This is how we're going to play it. This is how we're going to run it. You know, it wasn't just going to be a single solitary booking. Uh, guy and little owner and things like that. There was going to be numerous guys involved in it. Um, didn't it didn't work out that way because at the time we had set stuff up. Like I had already been in contact because like, we, we had we had basically looked at venues and done stuff before for other companies um, and, and, and got like um, new venues and places and that. And it's not something we hadn't previously done before with help. Um, so we figured we could do it and we. we we just didn't have the, the funds at the time. Everything was there. Everything was set up. The, the hall was booked, set up, looked at, um, spoke to all the local councils, had all the bits and pieces that I needed, all my um, public liability insurance, all my entertainment licence, everything I needed. It was all there, sitting there. But we just didn't have the funds to bring guys in. And I don't want to be that promoter that turns around and goes to somebody. Mate, can't afford to pay the night, so I'll put you on next month's show and I'll pay you double. Like, that's, that doesn't work for me. I want, I want to be able to walk in and go, he gets his wage, he gets his wage, he gets his wage. Everybody's getting paid. Everybody that comes to the show is getting paid on the day because honest days pay, honest days work. Simple as that. And then a trade unionist, that's, I mean, I work at the hospital and I'm, I, I'm a trade unionist. That's what I do as a rep. I make sure that everybody's got equal opportunities and fair, fair pay. You know, that's that's what I've been trying to do for ages. Oh, uh, you, always think, the, you always hear the horror stories about pay as well. Uh, paid in coppers, paid in experience. That's a that's, yep. a that's a special one, um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's great that you're actually just you just want people to pay. I mean, if you're if you're still wrestling, you'd want to get paid. So, yeah, I did. Date, I don't get me wrong. I have done shows before for guys on the pretense you get booked on next month's show and pay double. When we did the following show, like the following month, we didn't just get paid double. We got paid a wee bit extra as well. So it was always. It was always beneficial. It was always a mutual respect. Uh, the fact that, like, the fact that I trust you on something, I, I, 
people people that know me, I don't trust everybody. I really don't trust the MD, to be honest, but I have got people that I kind of trust and respect. And I, I assume that I'll get the same trust and respect back to them. And I have, down the line, I mean, the guys have been really, really good with me. Uh, I, I would like to think that that's because of, I've always been fair with everybody. You know, if, if I don't particularly like you, then I normally tell you. My face tells me, even though my mouth might have blocked, <laughs> can't help myself. Um, but I try to be reasonable with everybody. Oh yeah, I've I've definitely got a case of uh, as they call it, resting bitch face. Uh, which it's 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 weird though because I can be really happy and look raging. So when I go back and watch these videos afterwards, and in my head I'm going, I was smiling. My face says I wasn't <laughs> the whole time. But uh, yeah, so it is by building that trust. And I suppose that after all the years that you've been wrestling, it's it is building that trust. You can't just be a, a, a fly by night thing that says oh yeah we'll pay you next time and then never run again so yeah so it's yeah. all about building that trust and then you can afford to i mean like i said you're trying not to but then you can afford to go right we didn't get the house but but yeah you know that I'll, I'll be booking next month or two months down the line we'll get you on then and all that kind of stuff so yeah, it's give and take and and uh and all that so i like the sound of the committee thing when i when you spoke to about kurt with kurt uh, Hansen and you said it was going to be six and it went down to five because of course there needs to be a casting vote um, I, just, I really enjoyed that idea because it just means then there's no bias yeah it wasn't a one man show that was the whole idea it wasn't even one man show we were all going to be heavily invested in it although it seemed to be that there's me that was going to up the cash but <laughs> we were all going to have a vested interest in it, which is fine. And this time round, I have sat on it, and I've sat on it, and I've sat on it. And I'm like, you know, I got back into the wrestling because I was a phone call. Would you like to come and help us? You know, um, the league guys backstage and things. And I was like, yep, I'll come, come give you a hand. No problem. So I ended up working for three different promotions as well. Um, I had an idea as well that I was pitching that I knew that there was another promoter was pitching a similar idea on the East Coast and me and that promoter we have since had a conversation and, and both their ideas are exactly the same only I'm the I'm the sunshine and, and polish and he's like the, the belt and braces sort of stuff to it so I think that will probably go ahead as well eventually at some point uh, I, I, I don't know when or what but I will eventually go at some point with a different promotion but he quite liked the idea, he said to me, he said, I like the idea when, um, because you didn't have a promotion, but um, it kind of blew my idea out of the water now because now you have a promotion. I was like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm running a promotion. I, I want to be, I, I want to, want to be promoting, I want to offer another stage out there for new, fresh talent. We have um, all these training schools that have amazing guys that are all vying for a spot on the shows and things like that. So I figure if you've got another wrestling company that's out there that's that's not the momentum but it's no gonna it's no no a, a small thing unit it's we're here we're, we're not going anywhere we're going to be building on it um i mean i only went to one run about three shows a year that's literally what i like to run but if things take off then i might look at expanding we just have to wait and see if three shows a year would be enough for me but just running some internet content back and forward um but i want to be able to give guys opportunities so that it's good that they're all hungry and it's good that they're all vying for to go on shows and things like that and it's really really good but I think also it gives them an opportunity 
to step out of the comfort zone and, and, and to get in there in the big bad world and things, you know. But I, I know a lot of the trainers and that are like, yep, go, go and, and get a gig going, see if you can uh, work on your shows and things like that and see how it goes for there, you know. And it's, it's a doorway for everybody. I mean, I have got zero qualms with any established promotions, any established trainers, things like that. I've got guys out there that were needing shows and that by all manner of means, if you contact them, go out, you might give your gym a show. Uh, it's really, really good. And they send me a CV or even gym himself. We're using the word gym because I can't have the gym. Easiest way to remember people. <laughs> send me a PT. And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. So, and I'll have a look at them. Well, yeah, it's fine. So, get them booked up, get them on, on the shows, things like that. I mean, if you look at the roster, we didn't just go to one talent pool. We have went, we've went everywhere. Uh, Wrestle Zone. Um, I tried to get Scotty Swift to come down though. I would really have liked Scotty Swift to be doing. Um, but he's not, he's not tra- traveling at the minute. <laughs> You're speaking to my heart with Wrestle Zone stuff. I, I, it's my, it's my local promotion. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's well, I'm in Elkin. So um, oh. Aberdeen's the, the closest one. Uh, that runs regularly anyway. We do have SWA that come up to, to Inverness once a year, WTL, it does Elgin in their northern yep. loop. But yeah, that always speaks to my heart if you go for that. Um, yeah, on that, I was just thinking there's only maybe, I don't know, three companies off the top of my head that are running, including yourselves, that are running without a school behind it. So that's that's your melting pot. Uh, you got uh, yourselves, Fair City, Discovery. I don't know, BCW as well, because they don't have a school. So they've got, this. these are your your chances to, to kind of merge uh, match talent that may never have crossed paths. Because, of course, if you're, if you're running a promotion, a lot of the time your trainees will take precedent because they're the ones that are, that are coming back uh, each week. Um, so I was looking at your roster. And because uh, I did a, a did a bit of a feature on our site, um, just to get the word out there, and yeah, the names there is such a mix from likes of like say Wrestle Zone. You've got uh, Caleb Valhalla, who is yeah. just phenomenal. Draw wrestler, yeah, that's what you get, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you got guys like uh, Emily Hayden, who's just fabulous in the ring, but also. Uh, incredible in the social media side of things. Um, same with Jason Hyde. You got your experienced guys like Kiger, Lee King Sharp. It's it's uh, you've amassed quite a talent pool already. Uh, what were your your thoughts about? Because I know there was some criticism I was seeing about about announcing all these names for shows that aren't happening now because of you know COVID. Um, so what was your what was your thoughts behind just announcing who's coming on these shows? Uh, well, first of all, I, w- I was trying to get a, an established roster as such. So I've got g- core guys that you all see on regular shows. And then also guys that I think I can invest a lot of time and effort into these guys and get them up. And if I can help them up the ladder and then they get more bookings and they go away wherever they need to go or make it big time or whatever, brilliant. And I've done my job as getting them on that rung on the ladder. That's, that's essentially what I'm trying to do is just, just to give them a platform to perform on. And if they're good, then they're great. You know? So in order to... I started putting out rosters, uh, guys for the roster, because these were guys that have contacted me and like, mate, I'll come on here on shows. Brilliant. That's great. Um, the other guys, some of them have contacted myself. Um, and then we get guys put all the way down to Isla White. JJ Valera, you know, Jack Snarrow. First, I have 
I was like, Matt Jackson sent me a message. Who? What? what? Then I realised that it's Matt Jackson from Isle of Wight. So I was like, you know, one Matt Jackson's as good as another for me. <laughs> but um, they've the Isle of Wight, and they've got a wee training school in there, and they've got a company and a promotion in there as well. So why no? Give the boys a chance. Yeah, it's a fair trek, and the guys are willing to do it. And if they come all the way up here, then I don't see why they can't meet. Because on my show, you've got Bobby Roberts, there's respect. You've got Deck and um, Krieger, yeah, it's pro wrestling innovation. You've got TJ, and TJ is pro wrestling Scotland. You've got Boydington, it's BCW. You know, you've that's all these promotions that's on there. So why not? It's, it's, you're going to have all these different promoters working on the show. Like these are the guys that you go and see, and like, it's any chance to get a, a, a gig on your show. And if they show off and they, they do well, Who's to say that they're not going to get booked on shows? You know, there's, there's kind of method in the madness. It's all about helping each another because we want to expand that talent pool as much as we want to refine it to having five-star matches. But we also want to expand, to expand that talent pool. And that's why at first I was like, I need to get guys from North, I need to get guys from East, I need to get guys from West. And then I had hundreds of guys from West. But unfortunately, the South of Scotland were kind of were lacking. Um, it's like, it used to be, um, oh God, what's his name? Paul. I can't remember his name. I did, I did a couple of shows for him doing Dumfries. Uh, and I think Target's running there now. Well, it was Triple Team Productions when I was wrestling at the time. That was the Natras boys they were running. Um, Dumfries, that kind of border town, kind of region. Um, there's nothing really. I was trying to keep it all Scottish at first. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm as well opening it up to guys if anybody's interested. I mean, if we've interest for Canada, interest for America. I mean, at, at the minute, I've got, I can't bring any of these guys over. Some some of my contacts in Germany have contacted me. Well, we, well, we want to come over, you know, if I will. I'll, if I can get these over, then I will. But, you know, let, let me walk before I start running. It's, it's a long, drawn-out process. It's the, the first show, um, if you have a look at the, the, the Thumb to the Ring poster, everything you see on that, Post it. That's all the guys that's going to be in the ring. Every single one of them is going to be in the ring. So that that's that's literally your first show staring you in the face. Um, don't get me wrong, though, but other guys floating about backstage and things like that because we've got a lot of stuff that we need to film and things like that, which means it's more expense because I need to then buy in wrestlers to come, but they're not going to wrestle. They're going to be on shows. They're going to be like doing stuff backstage, like interviews, like promos, all that sort of thing. Um, but I think it's. In order for me to run just three times a year, I need content to put in between that. I kind of just keep saying to guys, go and send me something on your phone. It's, it's, it's not really that professional, but also I want it to be organic and natural at the same time. So I've been working in TV and film, doing acting and, and like stage fighting and things like that. Um, I kind of have an idea of what I'm looking for from behind the camera as well. So I'm, I'm trying not to get involved in that. So I might put it out to one of my mates that works in the industry to see if they can come in and in hand with some filming and things like that. So I just want to drive. I want to walk before I run. Absolutely. And you're speaking yourself by your own network of, of like uh, combat, uh, combat uh, sports and and TV work. Uh, of course, like I said, looking sharp in there, he's got seems to have the the whole network of of Scandinavia uh, as well. So it, there's there's so many uh, people on the show that can. I mean, you've got uh, Frank Cross as well, uh, of course, for uh, Big Massive Wrestling. So, yeah, you, you've, got, uh, yep. you've got so many eyes. Dean Allmark, 
uh, of course, for all. Uh, I'm sure that his experience would be invaluable for maybe getting people on camps and stuff. So, I mean, it's not just a, a three shows a year. It's just like every time you do a show, it's an opportunity to, yeah. to go elsewhere. So for the three shows a year, you sound like you're doing content. So you're, you're wanting to do interviews and that. Is, are you planning doing storylines running through the shows uh, or is it kind of more standalone? That's the, the, no, no. the story for the Evan, show. Evan's going to have a storyline. There's going to be a storyline there. At Return of the King, that will set up the main... Return of the King. Return of the Ring will be set up in the main heavyweight division. Um, we then have the next show will be Joker's Wild which will then set up the Joker's division, but there's also going to be characters again floating about there in the background, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe making your appearance, maybe disrupting things. I don't know exactly, but I do know, but I can't tell you because that would ruin the surprise. <laughs> and then I've got um, No Guts, No Glory and Bella the Brawl. And for the No Guts, No Glory and Bella the Brawl, I'm going to merge them two into one big match, one great big super show. Uh, and that's, that's going to take some doing because that's nearly... That's what eight tag teams, eight tag teams, and there's what six six female talent there. You know, it's it's a, it's a it's going to be a big big card. But um, I feel it's worth me investing that time and money into it. I mean, the women's division alone. If you look at this talent we've got on the Euros tonight, amazing talent: Emily Hayden, um, Angel Hayes. Um, I never said a <laughs> real name. Um, Ashley Vega. I mean, these are all. Top top girls in that era. Now, I still need a couple more. Um, I'm still on the kind of lookout for a couple more. I think I think another two might just might just be enough to to, to set me a good roster there. And then everybody else, basically, when I say in the roster, everybody else that's going to be coming in, they're on the book, so they're going to have a lot of fleeting talent as well passing through. Um, it's not to say that they won't eventually become a main roster player. Like I'm working with the book as such, like a lot of the names on it and things. It's who, who, who's mainstay talent roster, whose guys it's in the book. It's, it's just the way it works. And um, for me anyway, so I've got, these guys keep. I've got thousands and thousands of emails coming through. I really have got lots and lots. Uh, and then I've got guys who continually message me. Did you see this? Did you watch this match? And then they'll send you about fifteen different matches. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen that match. Like I've seen that match fifteen different times. Just the opponent changed. Like. There's only so much I can do with what you're supplying me, and I, I, if you don't hear back from me, it's not a slight. I just haven't get round to seeing it. And then some guys I've watched and I maybe have skimmed over them, and I'm like, yeah, I like that. And then there's other guys. One guy in particular, uh, he wears a mask or he goes without a mask, and I, I like him with the mask. But I also like him without the mask, which then gave me too much. I don't know what I'm doing. Him. Like it gave me everything. What I name him? So I'm like, mm. so I'm like, yeah, I'll put, put them in the book or do I want them on the roster? But I already have some mass luchadors on the roster. But he doesn't really fit that mould of them luchadors as such. So I'm like, hmm, maybe as a, a, a guy coming in as well. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen the first poster. We had a set of eyes. Uh, I, yes, yeah. yes, I do remember it. Big set of eyes. I mean, when he eventually comes in, things is going to change. Like things is going to be good. Like he's he's going to he's going to mix it all up. I've got high hopes for him. You know, so, he's, yeah. going to be my, he's going to be he's going to be 
so plenty of plans uh, in the in the works then. Um, so I mean, you're speaking about having so many emails. I'm sure, I'm assuming that's also yeah. been exacerbated uh, by the, the involvement of, of Kurt, who seems to be getting a lot of name drops in this episode. Uh, Kurt Johansson yeah. doing a bit of scouting at the Luke King Sharp uh, dojo as yeah. well. So I know that, that Lou's first lesson was about CVs and getting your name out there. Uh, so uh, for, for what's your expectations of, of Kurt and looking at dojo is, is it just people that look willing to learn that he's able to pick out and for you to go well check this guy out he might be able to do something he's, he's definitely got the the will and passion for it or what, what are you expecting to come out of that uh, well cuts um cuts been quite instrumental on people coming to pro two already uh he's it was him himself that spoke to me about tyson coming in and then tyson lives next door to Dean Allmark and that's how Dean came about but there's been other ones as well that Kurt has came to me and says have you seen this guy and then sent this and sent this and sent this you know these guys are all like really really top draws good guys stuff like he's been watching for a wee while so I'm using his experience as like a fan almost because I want to like if you're a fan of wrestling and you like wrestling and then you've got a wee bit of wrestling savvy you know what puts a good show and you know who's good in the ring and what they're doing in the ring you, you know that's what you want so if he's telling me have a look at this guy I'm like yeah well I mean, you might as well join us on here as a talent scout uh, and he's on the, the looking sharp stuff um, but so far I've had hang up with five or six emails from the guys in the dojo uh, if you're looking sharps guys, I don't know whether they've contacted Kurt and Kurt say to say to them yeah, contact Logan or, or Cameron or whatever. Um, I don't know, but Kurt is he he is definitely scouting for us. He is definitely looking for talent, and so far every member of talent that he said to me has either appeared on the roster or they went into the book because he has he certainly got an eye for talent. Uh, as well, like the uh, you'll see on the roster as well, we've got Kid Thompson, who's the backstage interviewer, huge dynamite kid, um, Mark. <laughs> he is. He just loves wrestling fans, everything about them. Uh, so he's involved that way as well. And he was like, he was a guy that put on the Billington Bulldogs, which I've watched from day one because of him. So have you seen these guys? He was like, no, no, let me see them. And I thought at first I was like, oh, Billington Bulldogs. So well, here we go. And then I watched them and went, oh my god, like. <sighs> Uh, they, they blew my expectations out of the water. They, they, they showed off skills and things that I didn't think that the two young lads were going to be able to pull off, and they managed to pull off every bit of it. So for me, it's like, we need to have them on. And I'm a tag team guy, and that, they, I need to have them in the show. He's like, he's, they're really good as well. You'll have me and him will sit down and we'll chat about things as well. Um, just like how the roster's going, what they're looking at, do we need some big guys, need some smaller guys? What, what do we really look for? Uh, and we, we sit down quite often and have a chat and that. Big Bad John on the, on the show day manager. I, was, I got to speak to John just every single day. Um, he's also another one that's gone, have you seen this guy or that guy? It was him that put me on to some of the guys at GPWA because he's obviously kind of worked with some of these guys when he was working with uh, Pro Wrestling Elite um, at the time. Uh, and obviously he's, he's worked with... Um, Graham as well at British Championship Wrestling doing their security and things so he's advantageous to have as well uh, Billy Kirkwood 
He is the commissioner of the Joker division. So that's his division. I just supply him the names. He picks them out of the hat. He decides who he wants where. That's his division. Like, that's like a thing that we need to kind of understand is, is if you're given a role at Pro 2, it's not a gimmick. Like, if you're a manager, then you're a manager. Like, Charles Boynton's a manager. He, do, he hasn't told me who he's managing. I've booked him in, but he's going to be backstage getting talent to sign up with him. That's his job. He will then walk them down to the ring. It's not a gimmick. He's the manager. Like, there's no, there is no gimmicks as such. Everybody's got a job to do. It's, it's almost like you've unwittingly got your committee without yep. trying to get your committee at the same yep. time. So everyone's got uh, uh, yeah, like a part to play. Everyone's got a voice. Uh, and like I say, it's great that you've got guys like Kurt, who's a fan. Uh, so he's your he's your ear on the ground kind of thing of 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 what he likes to see at a show. He doesn't have the yep. bias of 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 maybe not exactly. I mean, he did a little bit of training himself, but he doesn't got the the know, experience where he's watched something and goes, "Oh, this is a nice intricate move set." He's just watching it to yep. be entertained. So yep. it's uh, it's. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a fast, like I say, you've got your committee without trying uh, kind of yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, you've built up uh, quite a division, like we've said. We've we went through the talent uh, quite a bit there, uh, picking out names. Again, got Lucha Guys, Lucha DS, uh, Soldato. Um, there's another one that just went out of my head because I know there was three. Falcon. It's Falcon, was the other one. Falcon. Um, and then you say you've got your, your, your women's division. Uh, so, and of course, you've got Adam Shane. Who yep. was, was, one you, was one you nabbed as soon as you got, caught wind that he was uh, considering a return to the ring. So, uh, is, is he going to be quite instrumental in the heavyweight I, division? He is. He is the Paisley wrecking machine. He is. He. I've always said the thing. Like, I think like, Shamus tremendous. I liked him when him and Con was in the the Brotherhood together. Um, when they wrestled as a tag team, uh, I liked him as the Paisley Wrecking Machine when he came out to SW at the gathering, he was just throwing guys about. And I, I, I think Seamus got lots of experience and lots of talent that other guys with less experience can get a rub off of, if you know what I mean. They can go learn a lot from them in the ring, and that's another thing as well. Having experienced guys on, on, the, on uh, backstage, it's got to talk to them, kind of. Where am I going wrong? How do I improve this? By all manner of means, just get talk, talk to people. It's a network, you know. But the shamer, as soon as I, as soon as I found out, it was actually Bobby Roberts that said to me, he "says Did you hear that big shamers went to return back to the ring?" I was like, "Get me his number," and he's on the Pro Two show. And he's like, "Oh, I don't know." I said, "Just get me his details. Get me, get me onto him. Get me, get me some way that I can get in contact with Shamer." And he's like, "Right, anybody there?" So I did get contact with him and he was like, yeah, I'm interested. Come on. This is, this is going to be really, really good. Yep, I'm having him. Definitely having him. And I think because he's such a big lad as well and he's got the experience and he can wrestle as well, he, he, he can take the division to the next level. It's definitely a guy as well that can help with, with the likes of, of Eli Bulwark and uh, Jason Hyde. So your bigger guys on your roster that could uh, definitely maybe grab a just a nugget of information from from uh, Adam Shame, just just to tweak something or or, or anything, uh, just to give them a little bit of an edge. So the four divisions, we'll go through the divisions because we're, we're we've, we've rattled just about an hour. We haven't even spoke about the divisions of Pro Two Championship Wrestling. Um, the name 
I put a thing in the in this in our in my feature about you, and you, you've explained it yourselves. It's setting. It's it's going to be set in air, Pro Two, yeah. O Two. Um, so was that the initial idea? It was it was trying to get that singularity singularity of a name instead of PCW or P Two CW. It was Pro Two. Essentially, we wanted to get out of the the three letters. I mean, everybody's WWF, WCW, ECW, ROH, you know, TNA, blah, 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 AEW. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, me think outside the box. And it was Rob that turned in and like, where are we? And I was like, well, we're in here. He was like, right, so what did we breathe? He was like, yeah, she's bits of air. I'm like, oh, it's O2. That's really no, that's oxygen, it's O2. Anyway, as somebody else had pointed out to me, having a wee snipe at me as well. I was all like that, you know. <laughs> uh, and I was like, right, so. And it's like, right, so we're going to be pro wrestling. So why don't we call us pro two? Like PR O2. And I was like, oh, right, okay. And then somebody else was going to say to me, is it pro squared? Like, I first thought <laughs> I when like, I saw it. It could be pro squared. But no, it's pro because we are, we are head offices in here but it's in Air, Airshire based, so we are. Um, we will not be running air. There we are. We will not be running air. We will be running at the outskirts of air and stuff. And we're making sure that we are keeping a good distance away. We're already an established company running in air, and we don't step on um, these tools. If anything, the, the, the big goal is to hopefully increase the footfall going through the door. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do remember you saying that in, in the interview with Kurt that it's... it's you're in a bit of a, not an awkward position, but you're in a bit of a, you've got to, you're, you're trying to make sure that you're at least a month out with any other show in the area and yep. not impeding on their, on their possible traffic as well. So uh, not only are you working with, with a, a, a roster and the book, uh, that you, you've got to try and navigate when and where as well. So there's a lot, I mean, it's almost thankful that this thing is, Obviously not the pandemic, but the, there's a break right now and things can't happen. So you can just kind of slot things into place and move it like chess pieces uh, kind of thing to get things going. Um, so, yeah, four divisions. So we've got the Believe Division, which is the Airshire Heavyweight, um, which yep. is a, a fabulous belt, which I can see behind you. Uh, it's got the it's got the um, it's got the line plate and tribute to, of course, Lionheart, uh, probably one of yep. the most uh famous wrestlers to be from air. I mean, I maybe think of Drew being the possible other one. Um, so you've got the Why So Serious division, which is the Joker Championship. Uh, of course, again, another fabulous belt. The belts are looking amazing. Uh, you got the Women's Championship, which has an air of, I, I love the red uh, strap, by the way. I, I love belts that don't have a black strap. It's just something that I just enjoy. Uh, which has got a bit of a throwback kind of feel. Was was that intentional? The belt itself, it's got a throwback to the the egg shaped Archie Women's title. Yeah. If you look at all of the belts, there is a feel of um, history. As you know, I was involved with the wrestling um, reunion Scotland for a while. Um, they are helping out, helping to run their events and things like that for the last three years, and then I, ret I retired for it because I was busy doing other things. Um, so if you look at the Why So Serious um, belt, you'll see that it's got a kind of circus theme to it. It's like the big tent, 
So, uh, so the big tent itself, obviously circus, because we did a lot of stuff in the circus area. So then you get your clown faces, again, harking back to circus. Also, if you notice the way they sit, it's acting. You know, they're but the bafter faces. One's happy, one's both the exact same idea. Um, the shape of this belt is actually the TV title for the NWA. That's the shape of the belt. Ah, right, okay. So it harks back again. Eagles. Eagles were always prominent in all the belts. Um, the Believe belt, it's just got the plates on it, which are all for the region. And then, obviously, with the big main bit one there as well. Thistle, it's got the line rampant, the unicorn, south and north. And that's the, the shape which one there's actually the, the, the shape of the region that you're in. Um, and then, and the females one, if you look at the shape of it, if I was to start singing China's theme tune, you would know straight away what the belt was. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, yeah. Women's Championship. So as again though we have kept it in with the feeling of women's cha women's uh, championship, so we've kept it in that feeling there. So that emblazoned across the front. So you know we've kept the the thistle theme working through it. You notice it's got the female crown on it rather than the male's crown. Um, it's also got the unicorn and the lion rampant on the the side plates as well. I mean it's. They're good. They're, they're good plates. They've all every one of them comes with a rain bit on the buckle and the, the, the studs as well. I mean, they're good belts. Um, and I think that if you see somebody walking to the ring, you know, well, half decent belt, you'll yeah, yeah, that looks that looks the part. It looks like it belongs. I don't know if you've got some promotions and they've got like a small bit of tin and things, and they walk in the ring and go, yeah, yeah and go, oh, everything was great by that belt. That belt just just doesn't doesn't look right. I mean, uh, I'm a big belt fan, so yeah. As soon as I saw the belts, I was initially like, like "Oh, yes, I will." I, yeah. I just if the belts look good, then I'm, my foot's at least halfway through the door. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. see the rest of it first, but yeah, the, the belts yeah. are a big thing, and of course the the tag team titles to me are very NWA, NWA tag yeah. titles, NWA style, but they're done in the style of the original WWF. Um, bulldog belts, which was the silver and gold, so they're done like that. And on the inside of this, if, if you enlarge the picture, you'll see there's etching and on the silver as well, there's etching in behind it, so it's not just the two gold eagles facing on. Because at first, we toyed with the idea of having an eagle on each plate, but the eagles both face each other like on each plate. And then when you've seen it, it just it put me like off. I was like, oh no, I hate that, I hate everything about it, just didn't like it. And then Jamie Lecky and his infinite wisdom. This is Jamie that's designed these. Jamie Lecky designed all these belts. Every bit of it. I gave him an idea and he ran with it and then he produced this. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> so he's got the two eagles that swoop in. Oh, and the tag belts. Um, he's got the, the actual wrestling. You can see guys wrestling on the side plates. And again, it's going to be two-tone. Um, the only belt that isn't two-tone is the Believe Championship. That's the one that's solid gold all the way through. Everybody else is silver and gold. Um, Wiseau Series also, if you notice in the Wiseau Series as well, that's a purple strap. But if you scroll through the page, you'll see one that's got a green strap. So there is actually two of these. So there is. But that will all become clear once the shows are up and running. They see if the plans is already there. I'm, I'm already 16 shows in front of my head. 
<laughs> so, of um, I had lo- lots of things. But I'm a belt mark myself. I love a good belt. So, as I say, I've still got the SSW Tag Team Champions. I've got a W3L Tag Team Champion belt. I've got my the Thumb Wars belt that I won at the reunion a couple of years ago. Um, and I've got another belt that's hiding because it's not to be shown just yet, but eventually it will all will become clear eventually. Um, so that belt is... So pl- plenty of plans in place uh, for, for Pro 2. So again, I, I just keep scrolling through just, just to see how, just the mass of names that you've got. So just as, a, as an over... Oh, we'll just... Uh, I'll write off a little bit about your, your other work in the background. So, uh, of course, things happened last year. We're not going to dwell on them too much. But after that, uh, you were put in place as a talent welfare officer. Uh, well, being an officer, I should say, uh, for a couple of promotions. Yeah. Uh, Pro-, Pro Wrestling Innovation, Pro Wrestling Scotland and Respect being the three names. Yeah. Um, what is your overarching role? What, what's, what's your, what's your uh, role? For so, that? I'll be backstage on the shows. So if there's any issues, I'm impartial, although I, I am working with the three the three companies, but I'm working with the three companies, I'm impartial. So if you can imagine me being like your trade union representative backstage and there's something going on that you're not happy about, you come and say to me, and if I can't get that remedied there and then, then we bring in the owner or whoever's in charge of the show that day, and then we will then deal with it accordingly. Um, we just have to make sure that there is no shenanigans as such going on. And I've said this about my shows as well, that there's not going to be any shenanigans. I get there's hijinks and laughs and jokes backstage. I get that. I'm, I'm, I don't mean it can be a, a safe, fun working environment. That's what it needs to be. So as a sort of kind of my role and such, um, which I am the inter-promotional inter- talent liaison officer for respect. I am a manager for pro wrestling innovation backstage, as in just like overseeing things backstage, making sure that nobody is creating havoc or bullying MD or putting MD in a position, etc. Uh, and with pro wrestling Scotland, I think TG had spoke briefly about maybe bringing me in on the shows as well as a backstage role, but I think that's now backstage is where I'm going to be near rather than bringing talent out to the ring or whatever. So, yep. So, just as a safeguarding well-being officer, essentially, um, I'm clued up with, I've got certificates for everything. I've got all my COVID certificates. I've got my child protection tier one and two. I am completely and utterly vetted for my PVGs because I work at the hospital. I am a nurse. So, I have lots of things that goes on. <laughs> so, I, I've got all my certificates. Um, so, I mean... Obviously, tra- transpires I, like you're saying. Uh, it, it could all be fun and games, but right n- now, especially, there's such a focal point on transparency and and uh, when the, it, it's the old gambling uh, theme. When the fun stops, stops. Uh, yep. So you have to got to kind of uh, just not be not be stupid when the shows come back. So is that why you put uh, like? You put John in charge of like the day show running, so that means you could still be impartial if if does if things do come awry and and what have you. I figure on the show I'll be sitting at Gorilla and I'll be too busy. So John is essentially me on shows. He's there today, the running of the day, so he'll get a running order. That's what I expect to be carried out. That's what I expect to happen. That's what I expect you to do. Like that's his job. So he will be he will be essentially be me on show day, and if he can't fix it, he then comes to me. 
and then I will fix it. But I've got backstage, you'll notice I've got a backstage agent as well. I'm still waiting on my female one getting back to me um, as well. So I've got a lot of people messaging me about him as well, and they're like, wow, but who's this guy? I don't know him. Like, he's, he's, he used to wrestle years ago. He's got about 15 years experience wrestling. He knows what he's doing backstage. Um, he's well aware of the situation and things like that. He does keep up to date with things back and forward. Um, he's there as another pair of eyes and ears for me because you might have guys doing stuff and then you might have, know that I would expect it to happen, but just say, for instance, um, I'm a trainer and one of my guys is causing havoc backstage and I'll go, no, it wouldn't be like him, it was somebody else. Just so that my guy doesn't get any bother. Like, so I can't have that because then you're not impartial then. Mm-hmm. I expected to keep everything the way that should be run and expect that shows will be run the same way that they would run a show. Um, so I've got another set of eyes and ears backstage. Who, again, he is impartial. Uh, if, if he can remedy it there and then, great. If not, he won't get Big Bad John. Big Bad John candidate, then he'll come and get me. I know it seems like a lot of people in place today will one man's job, but on a show, I don't, I'm going to be concentrating to make sure that show goes the best way I want. I'm going to sit at the gorilla, I'm not going to be on the show. You're not going to see me in a, in, on the ring or anywhere near the ring. Uh, on the only time I'll ever be in the ring is the first ever show, and that's when I'll come down to thank everybody for coming. Uh, and just like, open up the show that way. And that'll be the only time you'll ever see me in a, a, a pro to the ring, if, if it's needed, anyway, that way. But That's the thing, I mean, you're saying it, it, it seems like a lot of people, but again, it seems like you've, you've created a committee. So, so it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all the stuff that you, you're, you're intended to do, but because of circumstance, you've ended up creating. So it, it all works out, because like I said, there's, there's that, that tier of, of command if uh, I think it's Christopher, I'm just doing it off the top of my head. Uh, if he can't sort it, then he goes to the next person in line. If he can't, sort, John, if he can't sort it, then then the big guns come out, and uh, you have the final say on on the matter because, of course, you're the one that's paying. You're footing the bill for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's still creating a, a, a transparent system, um, and it's good to have people that are like like Christopher, who's who's made, he's had experience in the wrestling world. But he's not wrestling now, so he has no allegiance. He's not sitting there going, "Oh, but if if they say something mean about me, I will get booked elsewhere." Because he's not looking for bookings; he's just looking to be your eyes and ears on the ground. Yeah. Um, he he's there to perform the role that I'm giving to them, and that's it. I'm not having bloodlines. If you if I've told you that's what you're doing on your, on the show, that's it. That's what I expect from you. I don't expect you to come and give me something else on top of it. No, no, just just you did that wee bit because that should be bit. Everybody's got a bit today, and as long as everybody does their bit, the whole cog and the whole machine will turn. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, it sounds like if if all goes to plan, it sounds like it's going to be a well-oiled machine. Uh, everything seems to be taken into account. Um, right. Big question before we do our stupid questions at the end. Uh, it's it, what, what's your what's your hope? Say five years time, where do you hope to see Pro Two? Where do I hope to see Pro Two? I hope to see Pro Two running on a regular basis. I hope to see Pro Two producing, uh, or at least helping to produce some of the top talent in the UK. Uh, I hope that Pro Two is going to live a long and prosperous life, so that I can eventually just turn around and say to my kids, "Right, you run it." You know, as I say, like, I used to say to people when I did interviews before when I was low in storm, I was like, oh, what are you doing this for? I was like, it's a great bedtime story for my grandkids. Not realising that I missed it on my kids. <laughs> so while I was making a, a story, a bedtime story for grandkids that I didn't have, I was missing out in time with my, my family and my kids. So, kind of swings and roundabouts. Give them something back today. 
I mean, they're going to be their own shows anyway. I mean, I've got four kids, you know, so they'll be there anyway. My daughter's a lawyer, so I'm doing all right for the legal side of things. So I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> all sorted. Right. So uh, our stupid questions that we ask every time now, uh, we, we somehow have been coerced into asking this to everyone. What's your favourite dinosaur? Is that Kevin Puddy? It is. Is that him? Is that? It is. He made me ask it on the second episode and it's kind of stuck. My favourite dinosaur would have to be, oh, I would probably see a Brachiosaurus. Oh, nice. They don't come up that often. Great. And our. Come up that often. And the other one that somehow is coming to our questioning. Uh, which you probably know who asked us as well. What would win in a fight, two sheep or one cow? Uh, two sheep. Yes! God, it looks like now we're up to three people who have said you two know, sheep. You know, I used to be a butcher. I used to be a butcher, so when a ram aligns its head down in its spine, it's like a steel bar. So if it rams into the cow, it's shattered ribs and can knock them out. Krieger will be very happy to hear this because he's the only other person that said two sheep. Everyone else has said cow. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for for uh, speaking to me. I, I, we've we've uh, fair covered everything, I think. So we've got a uh, uh, return to Return of the Ring, Joker's Wild, a joint Bell of the Brawl, no guts, no glory. Uh, can't wait to see Pro Two and see how it how it goes. Where can people find you on social media and Pro Two? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and Pro2 doesn't have anything except a Facebook just now because we're still trying to build up slowly with the Pro2. So you can find us on anything you want to know about Pro2, basically go onto the Pro2 Facebook page. Like and share. I'm try, I'm, I've got t-shirts to give away. If I can get a thousand likes and shares and follows and things like that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a t-shirt away. Amazing. Where else do you get a free t-shirt? I've entered. I love a free t-shirt. <laughs> I will take any advantage for a free t-shirt. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me. And like I said, I can't wait to see what Pro2 do uh, in the future. Thank you.